We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, You'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Is there any Australian restaurants? Like, if you'd be able to check it yeah, out? Yeah, there are. There's um, one called the KO um, Pie, you know, coffee and pie. So, um, you know, they do, do do the meat pies down there. Um, there's, there's definitely, that's something that we enjoy, you know. It's what what Aussie doesn't like a meat pie now and then. Is that one thing you miss about Australian cuisine, meat pies? <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you exactly miss it. I mean, you you do miss a dirty meat pie here or when you when you go out to the footy or something, but um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that there's there's so many other good food items around as well that um, I, I don't try and miss too much food. Welcome to the Timeline of Phoenix Suns Podcast. I'm worked up today. I'm angry. I woke up today in a good mood. <laughs> I was just happy. You know, I had a day off of work yesterday. I woke up today in a good mood. And I wake up and all of a sudden Team USA barely beat Turkey. First of all, that's one problem. And then I find out that Bill Simmons, Ooh. of all people, is blaming it on Devin Booker. <laughs> now, no, he's not. We, we have to get into this right away. We have to get into this right. Sam, okay, I'm Mike. Sam's here too. Hi. We, we all know. You guys have listened before. This is the off season. If you're listening yeah. now, you've listened to other episodes. We don't have to go through that whole rigmarole. What is happening? Why? What? What is? Team USA sucks, right? Yeah, but who the fuck cares? Like, no one's... Are we rooting for Team USA? <laughs> are we rooting for... F- Not Bill anymore. Bill Simmons is... The only reason he's mad is because the Celtics starting lineup basically just lost to Turkey. Had Turkey not, for those who didn't watch the game, Team USA won by one point in overtime. Turkey had the opportunity uh, to miss four consecutive free throws to throw away the game, uh, not to mention fouling uh, 
the U.S. at the at the end of the fourth quarter to send it to overtime, fouling Jason Tatum to send it to overtime in the first place. The U.S. absolutely should have lost this game. Uh, great game played by Turkey until uh, obviously they blew it in the final seconds. But for a team of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Kemba Walker being four of the premier players <laughs> on the U.S. team, is it any wonder why Bill Simmons was a little bit agitated this morning? And and this is against a team with Furkan Korkmaz, Ilya Sova, and Seti Osman as the main players Dude, for Turkey, who I, li- I actually like all, all three of those guys. Jetty Osman was kind of dope today. Uh, he was, he was like kind of taken over. Is that how you say his name? That is, it's, it's a J. It is a J. Uh, I think it's, it's, okay. it's a soft. I'm in. Jetty Osman. Possibly a soft J. Uh, but, but yeah, he was taken over in the fourth <laughs> quarter and, and overtime. It was kind of him and Kemba and, and to give credit to Bill Simmons, uh, favorite players, you know, Kemba and Jason Tatum until Tatum got hurt. Uh, they were kind of taken over for the U.S. too at the end. And it was the other players, uh, like Donovan Mitchell. Who are fucking up consistently for Team USA, but then yeah. to cap it all off, so Team USA loses, or sorry, Team USA wins by one point, uh, and Bill Simmons just comes out. It feels like a loss. It feels like a loss, uh, and and it really should because you come in as the favorite. Meanwhile, you have other teams. For those who haven't been following the FIBA competition at all, you have teams like Serbia blowing out their opponents by sixty points. Serbia has won their opening two games by I think a combined hundred points. So if you're Team USA, to beat Turkey by one point is a joke. But to cap it all off, Bill Simmons comes out with an atrocious uh, Devin Booker take, which, Mike, I think you're maybe more fit to speak to uh, (laughs) based on how angry you were coming into this episode. So he says, I hope Devin Booker is watching this OT game before his intense workout with some 5'9 trainer who just keeps feeding him uncontested threes because that's a way better way to prepare for the season. This is complete. First of all, how is Bill Simmons drunk at like six in the morning? <laughs> because this this is a completely insane tweet for for many reasons. One, the the OT had just started when he tweeted this out. He's thinking about Devin Booker clearly because Devin Booker would be the difference in this game. He would absolutely carry this team uh, to to beating Turkey relatively easily. I think if Devin Booker was on the team, I feel confident saying that it wouldn't have gone to overtime. By the way, you talked about. Uh, Jason Tatum uh, carrying them in overtime, and he did. Jason Tatum was actually really good this game, but he also had the chance to sink th- three free throws to win the game, and he didn't. Uh, but Devin Booker, the fact that he turned this whole thing on Devin Booker is just so bizarre for many reasons. Why is he thinking about Devin Booker in this moment? One, two, he's not working out against some five nine trainer. Watch the highlights of his workout. It's against Ben Simmons. It's against Joakim Noah. It's against Tony Snell. There was even some highlights against Jalen Brown, one of the players that's on his team, and he was absolutely torching them. He's not working on uncontested threes. That's just a really bizarre thing to spin this narrative that makes no sense. And then immediately after this, of course, because karma, basketball karma exists, Jason Tatum rolls his ankle in a game that should not have even gone to overtime in the first place. And I, I don't celebrate this for any reason. I actually enjoy Jason Tatum. But it just shows you why these players were not willing to compete in this tournament. They didn't want to get hurt in what sort of amounts to a meaningless game. And it's just such a bizarre thing to happen. And I just find it weird that he's even thinking about it in that moment, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, obviously, a lot of people came out to defend Devin Booker. We'll defend Devin Booker ourselves here on this podcast. Scott Bordeaux, Suns fans uh, may remember him from covering the Suns for a season came out and tweeted, uh, I think, something positive about Booker today. He said, as someone who's covered the Suns for a season and was around Devin Booker every day, I don't understand the constant criticism directed his way. He's gotten better each year, shouldered the burden of playing on horrific teams, and done so without complaint. What's not to like? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Scott's a guy who's been in that locker room. He's uh, seen Devin Booker firsthand and really echoed the sentiments that I think us and every other Suns podcast has uh continued to talk about this entire summer of a lot of people seem not to like Devin Booker first with this whole double team controversy that we had to deal with a, a couple weeks back and now Bill Simmons today but I just don't kind of don't understand where the narrative is coming from in the first place obviously his team hasn't been successful obviously the Suns have been a losing team the entire time Devin Booker has been in the league uh but I don't know it's just it, it none of it makes much sense to me there is no chance that Bill Simmons has watched any Suns game no, in the past no. few seasons 
that wasn't against the Celtics. There's absolutely no chance that he's watched any. If he's watched more Suns games than the ones against his Celtics, I would eat a shoe. It's just impossible. <laughs> there's, there's absolutely no way that he's done that. And that to, to really weigh in on a player like Devin Booker in a moment like this, to, to almost put the blame of this game going to overtime on Devin Booker is just such a bizarre thing. And it makes me wonder why he's so deep in Bill Simmons' subconscious. And for a lot of these guys, I think they find a way to to put it on Devin Booker and all these weird... It's just the weirdest moment to possibly do that. But let's talk a little bit about Team USA in general. I watched this entire game beginning to the end. I just have to ask you, Sam, do you enjoy watching this Team USA in any way at all? No. But... uh <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing there's there's a certain part i guess like i'm not a very good patriot right because theoretically we're supposed to root for our country but there's something more exciting about having the u.s play close games and actually having it be a question like serbia could come away with this championship uh or or uh yeah. lithuania could win or australia could win or spain or france like any of these teams could potentially win this year the U.S. is still going to go in as a favorite. I don't want to blow this out of proportion. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want this to be one of those takes that ages very poorly three days from now when Donovan Mitchell is scoring forty points and <laughs> and Team USA blows out whoever their next opponent is. I think it's Japan um, by fifty. You know that could definitely still happen. They could mesh. They could get their chemistry together, but they're not very fun to watch. Maybe that should happen. It should, it should happen. happen. It should happen. You're right. Um, but you know, it's there's something more entertaining about watching that versus, say, the 2012 U.S. Olympic team, right? Which is outside of the dream team, maybe the peak that uh, the U.S. as a nation has achieved at the Olympic or FIBA level in the modern era. That's a team that had. Uh, prime LeBron James in uh, at that time for the Miami Heat. It had Carmelo Anthony in his prime when he was a god in the Olympics. It had Kobe Bryant still playing really well. Uh, it had uh, other players as well. You know, I, I don't have the whole roster off the top of my head, but that you know, it's it's not like that where you had a team like that going into the competition and just blowing everyone out. So I don't know. I mean, in a way, I kind of do enjoy watching it. On the other hand, uh, first of all, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I would enjoy watching Team USA more. If there were Suns players on it, just the Suns fan in me is speaking there. Yeah. And I think it's a good idea that Devin Booker sat out. Like, I think those can can be two distinct takes that I hold at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I'm going to be honest with you. But no, to, to finish on a, somewhat of a coherent thought. Uh, no, I don't enjoy watching this Team USA just because for the most part, <laughs> uh, I don't care about these players all that much. Well, it's not even to me. It's not even that. Like if you don't first of all, if you the only exciting player really on this roster is Donovan Mitchell. And if you don't enjoy watching Donovan Mitchell's game, which I don't particularly enjoy it, there are some things that make it exciting. Insane athleticism uh makes it exciting. Massive rebounds that he got in this game. There was a massive offensive rebound that allowed it to go into overtime uh that he got that led to the uh Jason Tatum foul. Uh the rest, just think about the rest of this roster. Harrison Barnes, nothing fun about no. his game. Jalen Brown, the occasional dunk. Outside of that, nothing fun about nothing. his game. Joe Harris, who was massive in this game, for the record. Uh, and if Joe Harris is massive, that's a problem. Like, if he has that big of okay. a role for Team USA, then it's a problem. Devil's, devil's advocate. Brooke Lopez, boring. Chris Middleton, hey, wait, boring. Wait, 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 Mason wait. Plumley, why is he even on this team? Okay, but but that's what people would be saying, mm -hmm. like, now put back on your homework glasses for a second, right? If Mikhail Bridges made the team, and I'm just playing mm -hmm. devil's advocate, if Mikhail Bridges made the team, if PJ Tucker made the team, he's not even a son anymore, I know for a fact that you would be jizzing your pants. But other people... Would say, why the fuck is PJ Tucker on the U.S. national team? But I know that you, Mike V. Hill, you would have a lot of fun watching that team. So, you know, where does that coexist? I actually think, by the way, Brooke Lopez is, is kind of fun to watch. His metamorphosis over the past couple of years, what's more fun to watch than that? Well, to your point, the thing is, is Brooke Lopez, if he's not really hitting his shots, is not super exciting. But to your point, I think the only two exciting players on this team are Miles Turner, who have actually had a great time watching. Just his defense is crazy, and the fact that he fully understands his role and embraces being on this team is super fun. And then, of course, Kemba Walker. There's nothing not exciting about Kemba Walker. Kem and Kemba Walker has all the crossovers. He's got all the, the finishing. He can hit mid-range shots off the dribble, which is fun to watch. And I think Jason Tatum has, has some exciting moments uh, going forward. But I think if Jason Tatum is legitimately injured, 
Like if this ankle injury is going to keep him out for the next few games, this team is actually vulnerable in a way that I, you just the team USA shouldn't be. And I think to the point that you made, this actual team not super exciting to watch, but them not being dominant, them not just steamrolling through every team in the tournament does make the actual tournament more exciting to watch. And I guess that's something that makes it more fun in general. And I think Serbia does have a legitimate chance actually to win. All it would take, in my opinion, is Serbia being hot from three in a game that they play against Team USA. Serbia had a game in this tournament where they shot 75% from the field. It's crazy. I could see Bogdan Bogdanovic put up 30 on the US team and on Marcus Smart. In Marcus Smart's face, he could put up 30 and lead Serbia to a win. How embarrassing would that be uh, for the U.S. national team? But it could really yeah. it could really happen. Uh, let me ask you a question. So Devin Booker, if he was on the U.S. national team, you talked about Kemba is obviously an electrifying yeah. player. He's exciting. But do you think Devin Booker would be the most uh, smooth, most appealing offensive player to watch on Team USA? Yes, yes, yes. Because what do you put him over Kemba? Uh, that's difficult to say, but I think it's odd with Kemba Walker. He hasn't been completely dominant so far in any of the games that Team USA has played. I'm including, of course, both of the Australia games, the games that they played to get ready for the tournament, and then the tournament games so far. He hasn't been overly dominant in a way that makes it interesting. In a sense, Ricky Rubio has been better for Spain than <laughs> Kemba Walker has been for America, which is it's different, different roles, of course, the different players that they're playing with. Ricky Rubio has to be that good for them to win, and Kemba Walker technically doesn't. We'll see going forward, but he, he technically doesn't have to do that. I think there's actually a chance, and this is credit to Max McCauley, who was on our last episode. I do think there's a legitimate chance that Devin Booker would have been definitively the best player on this team. And that's kind of crazy to say because when it started, I thought there would be no chance really Kemba Walker would be obvious. But there is something about the style of FIBA games where Devin Booker, it seems like Devin Booker would dominate in these games. And I think he would be exciting just the way that he plays and the way that he uh, goes from zero to 100 so quickly. He can he can heat up and just hit four, five, six shots in a row. Uh, on tough defense, you know, difficult shots, kind of the way that Carmelo Anthony dominated in in FIBA rules as well, where the three-point line is a little shorter and the players are just smaller and less athletic, which which benefits guys that get lots of lift on their jump shots like Devin Booker. So I do think there's a chance that Devin Booker would be, one, the most exciting player, and two, maybe the best player on Team USA if he was playing maybe outside of, I'll give Kemba Walker the credit, outside of Kemba Walker. I mean, do you think that? Yeah, no, I I probably agree with that. I mean, well, and, and to continue that conversation, I guess the follow-up question is, if you just took the Suns, international players included, and they were their own country in this tournament, where do they, are they the favorite? Do they beat Serbia? Do they beat Spain? Say that we're playing a clone of Ricky Rubio against himself. One place for Spain and one place for the U.S. <laughs> or, or sorry, one place for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, that's really difficult to say uh, before we've even seen them play. I think one of the hardest parts is, and I'll give Team USA the credit here, chemistry matters so much for basketball. And a lot of these teams outside of the United States have been playing together for season after season. Luis Scola is still playing, for example, he's, and he's not been playing only, with these guys. Not only is he still playing, he's, I think, in the top 10 in scoring in the tournament right now. Granted, it's only he been two games. He is. He's averaging 19 still. points per game through the first two games. How amazing is that? Uh, it, Leandro it Barbosa, really too. It, chemistry matters. Yeah, chemistry matters. And, and actually, you were talking about these international teams uh, being less athletic, being smaller. But one thing that I've been noticing uh, just from some of the international play that really impresses me, it's a bit of a cliche, but how many of these uh, European teams have really good, and not just European teams, actually, now that I think about it, international teams in general, have really strong passing big men is something that excites yeah. me a little bit about the Suns' upcoming season to, to make the comparison to Phoenix. You know, these teams that have their their Gasols or their Valanchunases or their Jokic's, uh, or they're quite frankly, Aaron Baines, Andrew Bogut combos. You know, if you want to talk about Team Australia, is having big men that in some cases might be a little bit smaller, in some cases might be a little bit less athletic, 
but you find them on the elbow. They're really good at spreading the ball around and just finding open passing lanes. We've been talking all summer long about Phoenix is in a unique position now in the sense that they've got four big men this year at power forward and center in Dario Saric, DeAndre Ayton, Aaron Baines, and Frank Kaminsky, who I would rate, and I think you'd probably agree with me, as above average playmakers for their position. None of those guys are Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. None of them are going to average six or seven assists per game. But you put them in the right spots. Monty Williams is going to have a field day with setting them up on offense and and having them find cutters uh, and passing out of double teams and just doing all sorts of things potentially with emotion offense. So, you know, that's just something that stood out to me uh, about the competition in, in this tournament in general. Uh, I think it's something that bodes well for the Suns this season. Yeah, there's, they're not, for the record, they're not always smaller. For example, no. Serbia's average height of their team oh, is six yeah. foot nine. They're, yeah, they're massive, huge. massive. And I think there was a game where Greece didn't start a single player that was under six foot eight. So, like, they're, they are bigger, but they're consistently less athletic. There's only 450 players ish in the NBA, and there's some of the most athletic people on the planet. So, they're consistently less athletic than NBA players. And I think that's where Devin Booker's quickness, speed, first step would absolutely benefit him. Were he to play? Now, of course, we see exactly why maybe he didn't play with his great tweet, by the way. He he did retweet Bill Simmons when Bill Simmons said, oh, crap, Jason Tatum's injured. <laughs> Devin Booker, as petty as can be, retweeted and said prayers up, which is hilarious because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> essentially he knows that Bill... I mean, when one of the biggest basketball media members is calling you out, you know that happens. That's something that people are tagging you in it. You see it. Uh, he probably follows Bill Simmons and, and you know people are probably texting him about it. And of course, he's, he had that snarky response, which I think is fair. It's fair game. This is what Twitter does. It allows people to, to respond. But they're, you know, they're not always bigger. And I think to your point, there's something about like Brazil, Serbia, and Spain where when big men are good at passing, it just feels like they're from one of those places. When you watch FIBA game, it's like Serbia always has these guys that are great at passing. Spain has like a type of player. When somebody plays a certain way, it just you, you feel like a Spanish player. And I think Brazil is one of those as well. And of course, we, we have a vested interest in watching Spain. And I think Spain's been really interesting so far, uh, you know, to watch Ricky Rubio, to see where he's at in his career right now, and to see how important he is for that team in Spain has been really fun for me just watching these games. Ricky Rubio, he just always, he always understands the flow of the game. He always understands his place and he actually plays quite a bit off ball more than I expected him to do with this Spanish team. Have you watched uh, either Spain play or some highlights of Ricky Rubio play? And and what do you think so far? Yeah, I've been watching um, and Rubio looks really good. I'll start with the stats. Uh, through two games. First of all, Spain's 2-0, and so they're already moving on to the next round. They do have one more game in their group against Iran, which they'll be expected to win. Uh, Rubio's averaging 17 <laughs> points, 4.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists, and only 1.5 turnovers. Uh, he's shooting 48% from the field, 36 from deep, and 73 from the free throw line. Just really solid. And keep in mind, guys, these games are shorter. Uh, he's only playing, I don't have it in front of me, but I think somewhere like 25 minutes per game approximately so those are really good stats he is a high usage scorer on this spanish team and has been really really good really fearless and the thing about ricky rubio is uh if we're being completely honest with ourselves this is a guy who's played professionally for over a decade now he's coming up on the age of 30 uh, and has been in the nba for a long time and you can tell the athleticism thing is starting to catch up to him i think he's a little bit slower i think he's got a little bit less vertical he gets blocked sometimes uh, he doesn't always get a lot of jump on his on his shot either uh, from beyond the arc. He doesn't jump. He doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's almost a set shot. It's almost it's almost a set shot. And, and you know, maybe that's some form that that could be worked on or maybe that's something that's set in stone from this point on. But the point is, even if the athleticism is going a little bit, he's clearly got a lot left in the tank like his playmaking is just so solid he's got incredible feel incredible touch seems to always make the right decision uh when passing and the thing that opens up those passing lanes you talk about it all the time is continuing to be fearless uh he's a guy who has made tremendous improvements uh in the nba over the past couple of seasons and you can see it in this fiba competition as well at finishing at the rim and it's the thing that has opened up his entire game 
Uh, you talk about running an offense where it's uh, Ricky Rubio, DeAndre Ayton, pick and roll time and time again. That type of thing only works, first of all, if you have three-point shooters to surround them, but also if you have a fearless Ricky Rubio that defenses respect when he's penetrating the defense and, and driving to the rim for a layup. Uh, he's clearly been doing that so far in these couple of games. And uh, yeah, I think he's mm-hmm. been he's been one of the highlights of of the tournament so far, for sure. I agree. And I think his... Finishing has impressed me for a lot of reasons, but especially his use of his left hand. He's not afraid to go left. He's not afraid to use his left hand, and he can get to the rim. and And part of that is craftiness, right? He's that's what he does. He's got great ball handling. He understands how to manipulate defenses in a way that allows either him to get space, or if they overcorrect towards him, find an open man. It's just what he's good at. And and his ability to pass the skip pass, if you will, not to the obvious guy, but to the less obvious guy. It's something that we just haven't seen in a long time for the Suns, even with Devin Booker's improvement in playmaking. That's just something that he's not good at. There, there's something about these guys that are pure passers like Ricky Rubio where they see things that other players just don't. They, they have the ability of making a play that's very difficult for other players to make. And I think more than anything else, just watching Ricky Rubio play, it's his command of the game and his command of the defense that's attacking him that I think is going to impress Suns fans the most. And and this is what we expect. It's not like this is a surprise for Ricky Rubio. It's kind of what we expect out of him. But watching these games, I think that's really been something that's really hammered home for me. It's just a guy that's always in command. He controls the game. He's a pure point guard. I mean, that's just what he is. Yeah, just just a really, really effective point guard. Um, We are not talking about Aaron Baines right now um, because I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else you want to mention about this FIBA competition? No, I think I think I think that's it. I'm sure we're going to have more chances to talk about it before it ends. But I, I'm glad you brought up Aaron Baines because I'm so excited for for what we have coming up. Uh, obviously, Rubio is not the only Suns player in this tournament. Aaron Baines is the other one that's playing and and playing relatively well. So we have Baines Fan Club. We have no name for him. He's anonymous. At Baines Fan Club that's joining us in a minute. You have to trust us that it's really him. It's really him. I mean, he's got some insight that'll make it obvious. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's the first podcast he's ever done. Uh, so he's actually going to talk about his impression of Aaron Baines so far, why he created that account, and more after this break. So stick around. You get to hear some things about Baines Fan Club. A few of us on this show use Harry's Razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who've tried Harry's Razors. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of this show can redeem your trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support this show. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. And right now, listeners of The Timeline can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, promo code B-L-U-E. ShipStation, make ship happen. 
All right, I'm very excited about this. I really have no idea where this is going to go, but <laughs> what we have is the proprietor, I guess, of the Baines Fan Club account, uh, who will remain anonymous on this podcast, but he's joined us to talk about Aaron Baines, to talk about Australia, and to talk about his account that is dedicated to all things Aaron Baines. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. You're sort of, we, we were talking about it before we started recording here, you're sort of an unofficial Suns fan now. You started, let's talk about the account. What would you describe the Baines fan club account as on Twitter? Like, what what is it even? And I'll talk about what I think it is, but what do you think of it as what it is? So for me, it was just a way, you know, the, the um, I was a way for the Celtics fans to have something kind of positive to watch as their season kind of came to a disappointing end. Um, you know, they, they kind of seemed like they had some dysfunction as a team, but individually there were some players that uh, were fun to watch. So what I did was try to highlight that as a Twitter account. And uh, now here we are in Phoenix. <laughs> so you are, you are a Celtics fan originally, right? Yeah, I was a Celtics fan. I, I think that they did, uh, they did, uh, we don't, I don't, we don't know the, uh, the backstory behind it, but I, I think having, uh, Aaron Baines opt into his contract and then trading him a week later to Phoenix, I, th- I thought that was doing him a little dirty, but, um, yeah. you know, it is a business, but yeah, yes. To answer your question, I, I was a Celtics fan. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that's so interesting about your account is Regardless of if you were a Celtics fan last season, you've kind of really embraced Phoenix in not just talking about Aaron Baines, which you do a lot, but talking about Ricky Rubio and, you know, Dario Saric and other players that have come to Phoenix. Uh, But you've had the benefit of watching Aaron Baines for this past year when a lot of Suns fans weren't introduced to your account until uh, about a month or two ago. So what did you see? really out of Aaron Baines in uh, in Boston last year that was, or even if you've been tracking him before then, I don't know if you have been, uh, that really just stood out to you so much. Uh, you know, so on the Celtics, I mean, they had, uh, obviously they had the kind of the younger guys and the vets who no one really knew whose team it was. And that seemed like that was the big issue that was their ultimate downfall. But then, I mean, there was Aaron Baines who would go out there, he would, set a screen. If there was an open shot, he would take it. If someone hit a shot and he was on the bench, he'd be the one that's getting up at the end of the bench and celebrating. So he, I mean, he brings the ultimate team attitude. Um, I think the Celtics were something like 18 and three last year when he played over 18 minutes. Um, but then t- in the, uh, in the playoffs, I want to say in the, the Bucks game, he might, he hurt his ankle, I think in game one. But his minutes got cut, and I mean, we all we all know what happened. They kind of just went out uh, without putting up much of a fight. But I know it was always him. Even if you if you go back and watch that game five, I think they were down like twenty points, um, and he was still at the end of the bench getting up for every shot. And you know the the Suns haven't had that much success, but I mean if they, if they rally around each other, he he's a perfect guy to. Uh, to bring that to the table. Now I got to say what I love about the account. Uh, the way that like a political cartoonist is mocking the entirety of politics in general and the process <laughs> of politics in general. That's what your account does for NBA Twitter in general. And, and I love it for many reasons. One, I think it's, it's a meme. I mean, I'll be honest. It's, it's a bit of a meme. Of course, there's, I love the player that you chose. Aaron Baines is just a hilarious player to choose. Australian, big man, not a star, not anywhere close to being a star player, a role player, and even a bench role player for the last few seasons. And just the way that you can sort of find the funniest ways to sort of pick apart fandom and the way that people praise players and apply it to one of the more obscure players in the NBA is actually really, really funny to me. And and for those who don't know about this account go to twitter now right now pause this podcast go to at baines fan club and check out some of the insane things that he's tweeted one of the ones that i'm looking at right now is a thread of pictures that says is aaron baines the joe montana of the nba an investigative thread that is many tweets long that is essentially comparing aaron baines and joe montana with pictures of both of them holding trophies uh which is hilarious and the entirety of the account is funny to me because every time there's a big 
tweet, a tweet from Woj or a tweet from Mark Stein or something that's breaking news, within minutes, there's a Aaron Baines fan club account tweet that just attaches itself onto it and sort of redirects the narrative towards Aaron Baines in a really funny way and a great way of commenting on just fandom on Twitter in general, in my opinion. What is it about Aaron Baines in general that you decided? Because he's sort of an end of the bench guy. Is it just that he's always supporting the team, that he does all the dirty work, he's always celebrating? Or why did you choose Aaron Baines to make this account? Um, you know, it really, it kind of, I was getting positive feedback I mean, in terms of um, engagement, just pretty much on every post starting from the first one. I think my first one, it was Adam Schefter. He gave like the the size and or the height and weight of the quarterbacks being drafted in this year's NFL draft. And my first response was literally just Aaron Baines' height and weight. And I think it got like <laughs> two thousand likes. And that was like my second I think it was my second tweet. So just with that, I was like, okay, I might be onto something. And then, you know, I did a little research. I saw that in the, the 2014 NBA Finals, he um, he shot 100% from the field and 100% from the free throw line. He's actually <laughs> the only player to ever do that for the entirety of his career. Um, and just it, it kept, the more you look at things, the more just uh, these facts were working. Um, and then you can even, again, with the Celtics last year, I think they... I don't remember exactly what their record was, but again, with him playing over, I, I think I said the 18 minutes, they were something like 18 and three, whereas without that, they were near 500. So it was, it was just stuff like that, that I don't know whether it was, it, it, it has to be something more than just an anomaly because, I mean, you have just a winning basketball player, which that some guys are just like that. You think of like a Robert Ory or something where just everywhere they go, they're just a role player on a good team. That's a curse word on this podcast. Um, Sorry. Uh, Robert Ory <laughs> yeah. is a curse word oh, on this podcast. Sorry I'm that. really glad. I, I'm, I'm that's still, okay. I'm, you... I'm, I'm a new Suns fan, so I'm trying to. Uh... <laughs> that's that's okay, and we'll embrace you uh, nonetheless. Uh, I'm glad you brought up winning basketball player because you know, Mike, you were talking about it's a little bit of a meme, but I think there's legitimately a good basketball player to dissect here who can bring a lot to the Suns in terms of teaching. I mean, it's just a perfect fit teaching DeAndre Ayton how to set strong screens, how to play good defense, bringing a championship pedigree to a franchise that doesn't even have a huge history of success. Aaron Baines has made 76 more field goals uh, in his playoff career than Devin Booker has. He's made two more field goals in the NBA Finals than Steve Nash has. And, you know, these are things that I don't think <laughs> yeah, there you go. we as Suns fans can ignore. And, who, who and you, runs this account? Baines fan club. <laughs> Is it Sam now? <laughs> You, Baines fan club, are really the king of these types of stats. So I wanted to ask you, you know, I just threw out a couple, but you're the king. What is your favorite fast fact or or fun fact about Aaron Baines? If you don't have one off the top of your head, that's okay. Sorry to put you on the spot. But if you do, I would love to know. Uh, I mean, it's got to be the the 100% from the field, 100% from the free throw line in the NBA finals. Because I, 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 think, I think without that, I don't know if the account would have really worked. There have been some, uh, well, there have been some like pop up accounts. I think there's a TJ McConnell one that every time they post, I get tagged in. Um, and just again, like there's only so much material you can have. And even so, with a, there's only so many times you can post, oh, he shot 100% from the field. But I, that's really the one that got it all started. So, yeah, perfect from the, perfect from the field in the NBA finals is my favorite one. So when he was traded to when he was traded to the Suns, uh, what was that day like for you? Because obviously you're a Celtics fan initially, and now uh, your allegiance is all on Aaron Baines. What was that day like for you? Uh, well, it was draft night, and I think I had uh, he had opted in. I want to say a week before, so I was working on crafting a uh, an Aaron Baines 2019 Celtics trailer, which uh, unfortunately <laughs> is now in my trash can. Um, (laughs) then I think, I think it was Woj who tweeted out that the Celtics were looking to trade, uh, Aaron Baines that day. And that's where my phone just was exploding with notifications. Um, and then, yeah, I think I was, there was a report that Aaron Baines wanted to go to a contender. So I spent, uh, yeah, I spent some time Photoshopping, uh, like a Warriors Jersey or Raptors Jersey, uh, and a bunch of jerseys on 
uh, Aaron Baines to post those to imagine what it would look like on those teams. Um, and then, yeah, I think I was away from my phone for about five minutes and I got back. I had about 500 notifications on my phone, all tagging <laughs> me under that the Woj getting traded. And a lot of them were here before the Baines account, here before the Baines account. Um, like, there goes the Baines account. And no, you know what? I decided to embrace it. And yeah, now I'm a Suns fan. I have to give you credit, too, because, you know, it's not like he was being traded to. Well, we can just say it. He was being traded to the Suns <laughs> and not everyone would have stuck around. And like I said earlier, not everyone would have continued to make posts about other players coming to the Suns like you have with Ricky yeah. Rubio. Um, I do want to turn our attention to FIBA a little bit because uh, it's my understanding you have been watching the games this week. Uh, is that correct? Uh, yep. I've uh, gotten up at about 3.30 in the morning to watch <laughs> wow. uh, Australia versus Canada and then Australia versus Senegal. <laughs> Dedication. Um, yeah, you know, that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's only so many times where you can mask the same dunks and layups. So actually it was refreshing to get some new, um, to get some, to get some new highlights into my phone. <laughs> Well, your boy's been doing really well so far, just to throw out the stats. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been watching, Australia's 2-0, and uh, and they've beaten Canada and Senegal so far, like you said. Baines is averaging 11 points, 3.5 rebounds, and assist and a half. Uh, has only committed one turnover through two games. Uh, all of this is in about 20 minutes a game. Shooting 56% from the field, 100% from the free throw line. Uh, and he's even tried a couple of three-point attempts. I saw you posting one of those today. Uh, you know, hasn't hasn't uh, yeah, gone no. too well for him uh with with those so far yeah, that, you know yeah, that, we haven't that was seen, a heat check that was a heat check haven't, haven't seen quite the range that we were used to him from uh from his boston days maybe so far but he's definitely still trying it we're definitely going to see it again in phoenix uh just what is your general impression been of these two games so far australia as a team has looked really good uh yeah you know they have looked good um one thing that i have noticed is that it feels like um he, he's taken more of an aggressive offensive approach um I don't, he generally he, he's not one to force shots or anything from from what I've seen him play. But um, yeah, he, he's been aggressive on offense. He's been great on defense. When you when you watch Suns when you'll watch Suns games, but right now or in the past uh, Celtics games and now the Australia games, he's probably the most vocal defensive player on the court. Um, he's and yeah, he, he's been very active, and he he actually he happens to look very good just in my the highlight clips that i've been putting up that he's been making it easy because he has been playing that well you know i have to admit when i first started following the account i just assumed you were australian <laughs> i just assumed oh i did too this must be an australian yeah. fan who uh who really wants to boost up aaron baines is one of the few australians that are in the nba but it turns out you're american do you find yourself rooting for the australian team over any other team now with this aaron baines fan club account uh yes i do <laughs> I do. You know, the, the more the more games he plays, the more highlights that uh, the Baines fan club can capture and really share with the people. So, yeah, just just for that. And then again, you know, it's been it's been fun watching him play and really to to kind of hone in on just one player and. Mm -hmm. and, and not even and even watch like the little things like, oh, like that, that was a good that was a good screener watching that um, the help defense that he can have or just, yeah, the, the little, the little things that you don't really pay attention to. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. I think he must be the player in the NBA that more, that most commonly turns an alley-oop into a layup instead of a dunk. I don't know if there's a way to look up that statistic, but it does seem like anytime an alley-oop is thrown to him, he'll just lay it in, which I think is fine. It's just as efficient and probably as far as, preserving energy more efficient <laughs> for the for the long run in the game but i always thought it was funny he doesn't really throw him down that often it's funny that you mentioned his alley-oops now i do have to ask a little more about your account and i'm sorry to go back to it but when someone like Woj posts a tweet or even adam schefter which is hilarious that that was one of the first ones that you commented on a football guy uh do you have things prepared to post on that? Do you just scramble immediately? Do you have notifications on their tweets when they post? Do you just scramble trying to uh, set up a Photoshop or something that will be hilarious in there? Or, or how does it work? Um, so, you know, at this point, um, if I 
can't think of something within about if I see the tweet and it's been 10 minutes, then I probably I'll generally just pass on it because I try not to. I mean, it, again, there, there's only so many times where you can kind of say the same things over and over again, which I, I might do at times, but I try not to be redundant. So if uh, let's say the Dwight Howard, um, the, him signing with the Lakers, for example, um, you know, his last play as Dwight Howard's last play as a Laker happened to be getting a technical foul because he was frustrated with Aaron Baines's defense <laughs> and he got ejected from game four of the 2000, whatever year he was on the Lakers. I think it was 2015. <laughs> um, so there's just, there's stuff like that where if you know a player starts to get in the news, then I'll just look up a quick thing and then, oh, like there's Aaron Baines. And um, yeah, it just, again, I, tr- I try not to force it. But if I do, if I see the Woj tweet or the Bleacher Report, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll just try to think of something without uh, kind of beating the dead horse too much, which some people say I, I may have done already. But absolutely not. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> those people yeah. are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. We're I here to you. tell those people yeah. that they're wrong. Yeah. We're we're yeah. on your side 100. No, percent You mentioned <laughs> Australia's two and zero. They're moving on to the next round. They have a tough game coming up. Uh, two days from now, might be tomorrow. I guess it depends on when you listen to this podcast for the listeners at home. Uh, but a tough game against Lithuania, a good team. Uh, specifically a good team because they have two NBA bigs in Jonas Valanciunas. And uh, Sabonis, uh, going to be a challenge for for Aaron Baines. Can I get a prediction from you right now of an Aaron uh, Baines stat line uh, <laughs> versus Lithuania? Uh, you know, that's actually that's when you're looking at the Group H that they're in. That really was kind of the premier matchup that you were looking at, just because you did you have Bogut, Baines, uh, Valanciunas, and and Sabonis. But with Australia in the second round, I it's it's tough to predict. Um, I, I could, I could see him kind of getting somewhat limited minutes, but despite that, I mean, a, a solid 10 points for rebounds is uh, pretty automatic <laughs> these days with Aaron Baines. How about a number of hard crushing screens? <laughs> Two or, you know what? It's, <laughs> Two? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's usually one because once he, he gets that one, then it, it's kind of, you have your head on a swivel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the refs are <laughs> so, yeah, so. Yeah, so it's tough to get that second one in. So I have to ask, since you became an honorary Suns fan now, what do you think about the Suns going forward? How do you feel about uh, this team? Obviously, you're a Celtics fan, so you saw Devin Booker score 70 points against your favorite team, which was impressive to a lot of Celtics fans, I think. But now you have the rest of the team, a massive makeover of the team in this summer. Uh, Basically, only a few players that are left over from last year. Now we have, of course, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre re-signed. Going forward, what do you feel about this team? How do you you think their chances are next season? Uh, You know, it's it's funny because I think the I've maybe watched the Suns play four times in the past four years, and they were all against the Celtics. And yeah, one was the Devin Booker game. Mm-hmm. One was this past year where they beat the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think they beat the Celtics at the buzzer like three years ago or four Tyler years ago. Ulis. Tyler Ulis. If, I was, <laughs> if I remember correctly. We've we've had so few wins as of late <laughs> we that remember Mike every and I just one. both immediately <laughs> pounced on that. Yeah. Right. But the, and the, so those are those are the only games that I've really seen. So from my perspective, I did a little bit of research and it's like, wait a second, like Aaron Baines is on the team with a guy who can put up seventy. So mm-hmm. you now, I know, I guess there's a, a big Donovan Mitchell versus uh, Devin Booker <laughs> kind of feud between the fans. But um, who was who Donovan Mitchell's point guard these last two years that kind of even got him to the point where he is? Yeah, that's right. Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and now, yeah, and now he's uh, going to be dishing it off to, to Devin Booker. You have Saric, who has playoff experience. Um DeAndre Ayton, his 16 and 10, I think is better than it's one of the better center. No, obviously the, the wins didn't really translate, but just in terms of the pure stat line, it's one of the best in NBA history, I think for a rookie for rookies is most efficient. Um, so yeah, like I, like I said, kind of off the record, I kind of tweeted myself into believing a second round is, <laughs> attainable. Wow. 
Uh, see, that's how I know you've only watched four Suns games in the last four yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though, because if that would happen, uh, you're now on the record, actually. You're no longer off the record. You just said it on a podcast. So if it does happen, you could be the guy that says um, you predicted you were, it. Yeah. yeah. Second round is possible. Write that down. anything else you got for him sam uh yes one one last question from my end if you could meet aaron baines now i'm assuming you haven't yet uh what do you think you would say to him um you know what i have absolutely no idea i mean hopefully (laughs) he would like it um i think he would like it yeah but no that's uh you know we'll, we'll see if the if and when the time comes do you have any indication that he even knows that the account exists? Um, he's never liked. He follows me. He he follows it. So oh, yes, that's great. He does yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So well, he confirmed he does know exists. It exists. I'm gonna do everything in my power to try and get you guys to talk on this podcast. I think that is my main goal now for this season. Just in case Aaron Baines doesn't stay past this season. It's got to happen right here on the timeline. Um, yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, everyone, go and follow him at Baines Fan Club. In my opinion, the one of the funniest accounts on Twitter. Uh, excellent tweets about Aaron Baines all the time. And of course, he's now an honorary Suns fan, so it's a requirement that you all go online and follow him right now. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's no secret that I don't have a lot of hair. And your setup with the man bun and all, I'm I'm just mesmerized by it. I just want to know how do you arrive at deciding this is what the look is that you where you want to be? How'd that happen? Oh mate, um, you know, that's that's one of the shout-outs to my missus uh, for that one. She said she wanted long hair and a beard, and you know, I like like the show Vikings, so I told her that's fine, but I'm gonna shave the sides. So um, uh-huh. you know, between us we kind of came to that agreement and uh, that's what they say about marriage. It's a whole lot of compromise. So, you know, we found one with the, the, the look that I've got going right now. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.